Well, you know, I was there, I was around, I was at Disney at the time when it switched sort of from 2D animation to 3D animation. And it really changed, um, it didn't change uh, my job or the story people's job. It, it, it mainly changed the animator's uh, job. And stories, you know, if you make a good story, it should be timeless and it should strike a chord with people and resonate with people when they watch it. And they're not thinking about its placement in time. It should be, you know, you should be able to watch these films um, over and over and, and you know, Today I'm talking to Jeff Franjo, who is a character designer, a producer, and a storyteller. Hi, Jeff. It's so lovely to meet you here on Zoom. Yeah, nice to meet you, too. And you are all the way there in Los Angeles. Yes, Los Angeles, California. Yeah, wonderful. Um, but Jeff, tell me, um, I would love to know more about your work on Maya and the Three, and you are a co-executive producer on this program. Uh, would you like to tell me about the what was the inspiration um, to do this project? Well, this so, series? so yeah, this mini series, or it's actually a limited series. Um, it's. Uh, my and the Three was a show created by Jorge Gutierrez, who also directed Book of Life, and he had a show on uh, Nick, uh, Nickelodeon called um, El Tigre um, and a couple other shows. And he actually was a student of mine when I was teaching at CalArts, uh, California Institute of the Arts in uh, north, you know, the northern part of Los Angeles. He was a student of mine. So that's where we first met. But he created the show and Netflix had just started up and they they asked him, is there a show you want to do? Uh, anything, anything you want to do. And so he pitched mm -hmm. this show to them and they said, OK, we're going to do it. So when he started. Um, uh, actually, Jorge and I were we were both working together on uh, a Lego movie over at Warner Brothers. and. Um, so we got this offer and he, he went to do that instead. And then, um, and then I joined him about three months later. So yeah, it's a, it's a limited series. There are only nine episodes and, uh, it's a show and I don't want to give any spoilers away, but it's a show about a, uh, this, she's a princess, I guess you would say, but she's a warrior. She's a warrior first. And, um, she is uh, the daughter of this, uh, as it's sort of a, uh, Aztec empire, but it's not exactly mm -hmm. the Aztec. This is a fantasy movie. So okay. um, yeah. she has, there's a prophecy um, that says that uh, one day the empire will, um, three uh, jaguars and a mighty eagle will protect uh, this empire. And so uh, her father believes that it's him and her three brothers. Um, but as we find out in the story, it's that's the prophecy is wrong. And so um, Maya has to figure out how this prophecy is going to work out. And, and she goes on an adventure to find uh, these other three warriors to help her on her journey. So. But um, I want to know about this animation. How were, how much part um, did you have in that, in creating that? 
Well, as a, um, I was also head of story and co-executive producer. So uh, my job is to kind of, uh, when we first started, Jorge and I were the the first two people to start on the show. And we just uh, kind of worked out the beginning of the story and kind of figured out sort of a roadmap and how yeah, the story true. would work. But, you know, Jorge is a person who's super driven and it's just like he's going nonstop. So I had to kind of keep up with him because he kept throwing in ideas. And uh, we came up with this this uh, sort of structure for the story. And um, at this point, we're not doing a lot of drawings. You know, I'm doing a few drawings. Jorge uh, did all the character designs with his wife, Sandra. And so... Um, he comes in with uh, some character designs and some loose ideas, and then we start sort of developing the story and some of the characters and some of the visuals. Um, as a head of story, you know, you kind of figure out what the plot points are, and you start to illustrate them sort of like a storybook to, yeah. to see how this movie is going to flow. And then once we do that, you know, you pitch it back to the executives to give them a sense of what this movie is going to be like. and then. Um, then they approve it or they don't approve it. And then uh, luckily, you know, uh, Jorge is such a great uh, pitch man and creator that they they just loved it. And so we um, we just started uh, hiring people. Um, the uh, our uh, Tim Yoon was our uh, producer and we started hiring story people and, and just gathering sort of our troops to uh, kind of help us along the way and and flesh out this story. So we're not actually doing the animation part. It's sort of the, you know, constructing the ideas in the beginning and then then we let it go and then it starts to, to have a life on its own. Well, I I read that you are a story man, that that that's one of your um strong points or, or favorite things to yeah. do. So how does these these story uh, this story so for example um when you have the drawings and the characters um how much do you change the the um story or the storyline um as the characters develop then yeah as a, the sort of the head of the story like it's sort of my job to kind of make sure all the characters and the plot points are working together and I can see the whole story in the big picture and and I can uh, flag things if anything comes down the line and make sure the continuity that, you know, there's characters that are doing things and and uh, plot ideas that are happening and just making sure that, you know, they they link up. And uh, yeah. that's that's what we do, you know, as a story person. And, you know, I worked at Disney uh, feature animation for 18 years. And I worked on uh, Frozen and helped develop Frozen and uh, Moana. And, and my first oh, film was Hercules back in the day in the 90s. Uh, so oh, I love that film. Yeah. You love Hercules. <laughs> I actually started as a character designer and then sort really? of became um, a story person. You know, mm -hmm. uh, people don't really know, like when they, when you say animation, you're an animator. I have relatives that go, oh, you work at, uh, in animation. You must be an animator. And that's how they introduce me to other people. And I, I go, well, I'm a story person. And they don't know what that means. So story people, what we do are the storyboards, you know, the pre-work uh, 
done before animation starts, like a comic strip. And we do the yeah. whole movie in that form. And then we it gets cut together with music and sound just to get a sense of how the story is. And if it's not working, then we get to, uh, you can redraw it. And we throw out whole sequences, or sometimes we throw out whole movies. I've been at Disney where they just threw out the whole movie. Really? A couple, a couple times. Like, it, it just happens. Because it's not working, or the concept mm -hmm. isn't strong enough, the vision isn't strong enough, um, or budget, or, you know, multiple reasons why. Yeah. Um, if it's not up to a certain standard, then it just gets, uh, it gets replaced with other films that are in development. So, yeah, story person. And then also, in addition to that, um, being a story person, um, we meet together about the story and we we talk about the story after we watch, you know, it gets cut together. We uh, meet together and we we talk about the story and what what is working and what's not working. So um, we get to shape the story um, and have the story team and the director and sometimes other people to help craft, you know, the whole movie. But now in uh, working, you, you've worked now for Disney for such a long time and, and also the the animation changed a lot and also the stories yeah. changed, uh, really. Mm -hmm. um, how much, uh, as a storyteller, how much do you have to adapt to, um, you know, to, to changes also in society and, and new generations and things like that well you know i was there i was around i was at disney at the time when it switched sort of from 2d animation to 3d animation and it really changed um it didn't change uh my job or the story people's job it it, it mainly changed the animators uh job and stories you know if you make a good story it should be timeless and it should strike a chord with people and resonate with people when they watch it and they're not thinking about its placement in time. It should be, you know, you should be able to watch these films um, over and over and, and, you know, people do. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, they're, they're strong enough. The storytelling is strong enough to withstand uh, time. And then I know some, some stories, you know, if you if you make references to things that are current, it's not timeless. It's sort of stuck mm -hmm. in that period. So. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I don't know, you know. And and then when I, I saw it switch over, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't really change what I did um, because storyboarding is the same job. Sorry, there's a truck driving by. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, uh, it's it's the street sweeper. Can you hear it? <laughs> I can't hear. No, it, you no. can't hear. It. No. <laughs> okay, sorry. So um, so yeah, it really didn't change my job as a story person because that's always been the same. Um, you know, storyboarding, storytelling. I think at uh, they say Walt Disney created this this sort of uh term, story person, where you come in and you you storyboard the whole movie before it's actually animated. So um, yeah, that's that's sort of the job yeah. as a story well, person. It's, it's also interesting that I think um, how we watch um, animated movies and like you say, the, the storylines and, and the humor and the characters as well, that you almost forget it's animation. Yeah, you know? I, I, yeah. I, 
I agree. Like, you know, once you storytelling is storytelling and if you're, you're uh, drawn into the story and you just care about the characters, I don't think it should matter if it's animated or if it's live action, if it really connects with you, then, you know, I think, you know, that's one of the earliest forms of entertainment is storytelling, sitting around a fire and telling stories about, you know, gods and, you know, animals and things that, that happened to you. And, and it just happened, you know, and we're just doing the same thing over and over, um, but yeah. just in different ways. So. But now, Jeff, um, you must have an amazing um, imagination to be able to come up with all these stories. How did you, as a child, did you realize that you can do this, that you have this ability? Um, you know, I, I always felt like it was something I had to do, that I, I didn't have any other interest, like, you know, playing baseball or football or anything um, outside of uh, being creative. I know it must be uh, a gene or something that I have <laughs> where you like, uh, I just love children's books, um, comic books, you know, growing up, I could track the things that I liked, you know, uh, it started with, uh, yeah, children's books. Like I remember in school, the teacher reading a children's book, um, and just, you know, one of the first ones was uh, Where the Wild Things Are by Maurice Sendak. And just being caught up in the uh, drawings and the characters. And this little boy who gets uh, sent to bed and uh, his mom tells him, you know, go where the wild things are. That's where you belong because you're, you're a little monster. So he goes and he takes this trip and he meets all these monsters and he's the king of the monsters, but he doesn't uh, he doesn't feel right. And then he decides he is he's having so much fun. But then he decides to go home and he goes back to, you know, his reality. And so just the idea that you could um, create these things and, and create these creatures and characters, you know, just really caught my attention. And as I grew up, you know. It went from children's books to animated uh, or, or comic strips uh, and uh, animated TV shows like, you know, in America, uh, you know, they always have these shows uh, during holiday season, like Christmas time, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Hi. Frosty the Snowman and these stop motion shows. And, and then I fell in love with comic books and illustration. And so it just sort of led from one thing to another. I was like building things like making models, uh, sculpting. Oh, really? mm -hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> as a kid, I just, that's where my compass was always pointing was to, to make things, create things. I loved like in school, we always had art class on Fridays and I would, I, I just couldn't wait for those days and just, sit down and just start making things and and drawing things so yeah and i never thought as a kid that i could do it as a job that was not something that wasn't yeah. open to me like i i thought oh i like doing it but it wasn't um you know i grew up in san diego which is south of los angeles and it's not that far away but i didn't know as a kid los angeles was just over there Oh, it okay. felt a million miles away. <laughs> and I never imagined like I could work in Hollywood or work, have a job being an artist. So I just kind of 
decided, you know, when I graduated from high school, I didn't have a plan of that I was going to go be an artist. That because my parents were immigrants from the Philippines, and they just believed in like, you know, get a job to survive, and you know, yeah. Um, my dad was in the navy. My mom did housekeeping, so it was something that wasn't even a consideration. You know, like just get a job doing something. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. but being a creative uh, person and being an artist was way too high, you know, mm -hmm. as an immigrant to even imagine that you could do it. So they didn't they didn't think that that was a possibility, and I didn't I didn't think so either. And it wasn't something that they told me I couldn't do. Like, no, you can't be an artist. It was just like, mm -hmm. oh, that's nice. You're doing that art as a hobby, but maybe you should get a job being a computer programmer or, you know doing something else where you'll actually make money because you know that old saying that you know there's starving artists that was the term that everybody I throws know. around and you probably ran ran into that too oh you'll be a starving artist you'll be a starving artist yeah i mean and 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 some of it's true but if you can uh stick with it and uh, persevere and have that you know ability to push through and see your goals and do it, then, then I think you won't be a starving artist. Mm. And even if also, you're not, yeah, mm. go ahead. No, no. But it's, it's also this idea that um, uh, sometimes people think, or, you know, say you're, uh, I, I get sometimes with uh, my daughter who's a ballet dancer that they ask, what's your real job? And as if they, <laughs> so right. do people ask this uh, for you as well? Because it's storytelling and story, you know, so that you you have this perception that this can't be a job because you're telling stories, but it is an actual job. Yeah. Um, you know, when I married, uh, when I went to school, actually, I was an older student. I was 26 when I went to California Institute of the Arts. I was I had a job illustrating um, computer uh, lessons in San Diego, and that's where I met my wife. She was an executive there. And so I decided to go back to school and actually leave that job, which I had for five years and go, because I never went to college. I just I just got that job, and I never thought I could do, do that. But it was, you know, simple. Back in the 80s, it was like pixel art. Uh, so, okay. um, so then I left and went to school and her parents were like, I don't know, he's going to be a starving artist. <laughs> and, and I went to school, but once I got out of school and I got a job at Disney and once you hear the Disney name, then people kind of back away and I like, know. Oh, you're a Disney artist. Then maybe you might be making some money. And it's not really about making money. It's just, it's, I just, I actually quit that job illustrating computer software because I wanted to draw on paper. I was tired of looking at computers, but now computers are everywhere and I'm drawing on a computer every day. <laughs> but I was using a mouse, you know, to, to click yeah, on. Yeah. So yeah. I wanted, I just wanted to get away and, and draw on paper mm -hmm. and, and do something different. And, and that's animation, that's where it led me to. But, but how do you get a job at Disney or how did you get the job at Disney then? Well, yeah, I was lucky enough at California Institute of the Arts or Cal Arts as it's shortened. Um, uh, we have the uh, the luck that uh, not luck, but 
the people who actually go to the who went to the school previously and they got jobs in the industry, a lot of people come back to teach at CalArts. And I did the same thing where you um, your teachers are actually working in the industry. Okay. So through them, you know, sometimes you'll get jobs. And part of the reason how I got through Disney was that my my teacher, uh, Sue Nichols, who was a character designer at Disney, and she designed uh she was the lead character designer on Hercules. She liked my work and she um, pushed me to to go, uh, you know, turn my portfolio in at Disney. And and I did. And I and I got in. So it's sort of that connection, um, that personal connection I have. And that's a big reason why people go to that school is to, you know, meet other people and do good work. But also you have such a immediate connection to people in the industry and they might see your work and then they might recommend you. And I, you know, I have friends that that happened to also. So they call it the CalArts mafia because we kind of tend to hire oh, okay. each yeah. other and, you know, network and yeah. because you know, so many people, once you graduate and leave, or you don't even have to graduate, you can just go out and you talk to people and you say, Oh, I went to CalArts and they go like, Oh, I went to CalArts too. And and you just know uh, yeah. so many people that you just get, um, you can, you know, recommend people all the time, you know, so. But now, um, Jeff, if you, you said now uh, previously that you wanted to draw on paper and, and yeah. not on the computer anymore, but now right. things have changed also, like you say, it's, it's all um, computer animation now. Do you think right. this is something that um, there, there, there's something lost about this, this whole uh, real drawing, you know, and this, this animation that the real, um, the real animation as we know it? Yeah, I, um, I mean, all forms of animation are valid and uh, creativity. Uh, creatively um each one has its own strengths uh but it, you know when you look back on the hand-drawn animation there's such a technical uh wonder about that people can actually draw and rotate things in 3d with just their mind and actually act and um you know make things come to life when you just you just have a pencil and a piece of paper it's such an amazing feat um but now i think I think it's more, you know, the reason why there's more uh, computer animation is because I think the people in charge, the execs and the people who have the money, um, they see that if we do it in computer animation, maybe we can, if we make another film, we don't have to rebuild the characters and it's already built. Uh -huh. And so we'll save money that way, which isn't always true because when they do like the second uh, sequel to the movie, the software has changed, so they have to rebuild everything. And, you know, so but um, I personally, I really love the hand-drawn animation. There's something magical about it. Um, I agree. Yeah. There's a company, you know, in Ireland, uh, I hope it's Ireland, called Cartoon Saloon. And they do a lot of 2D uh, and all the films they do are 2D and they're always nominated, you know, for for Academy uh, Awards. Uh, all, every time whenever they put something out and it's pretty amazing mm. um and i hope there's more uh, 2d and there seems to be a lot still but you know 
it's hard to it's hard to you know when you get when you have computer animation it sort of levels sorry the the playing field where people you don't really have to know how to draw that well you just know how to move and animate the characters which is which is fine you know but um there's there's not that personal touch of you know the hand-drawn and i'm not like saying one is better than the other it's just like just the the time we're living in you know and Mm -hmm. i got to see that transition Mm -hmm. um and it made me a little sad because you know all the artists when i started at disney or a lot of artists that were doing you know hand-drawn stuff you know there were the the animators and then there's also a job called rough in betweener where they're just making the drawings in between the main poses so you have one pose here one pose here and then they're doing all the in-between drawings there's a cleanup people that make it look really nice and clean there's layout people who do the backgrounds and background painters so when i went at disney when i went to disney there were all these artists there uh hand-drawn artists that were working there it was an amazing time to be there um but now i'm not not saying that there are less artists it's just all it's all on the computer and you just can't see it you can't touch it um when i started at disney there was always artwork on the walls like it was just plastered with artwork Uh, yeah Yeah. like original art just hung up Mm -hmm. um but now you know uh it's always on the, the the screen the computer screen and they're like oh just go to this you know uh they just give you a link and you just go there and you see it <laughs> but it doesn't have the same impact as it's yeah. an original piece of artwork on the wall so i kind of miss those days um yeah no yeah. i agree with you i i and i love the the hand drawn or the drawn um animations they they mm-hmm. really uh, there's something about that you know, if you if you watch them now, also it's just there's something magical about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's also uh, stop motion animation, which I love too, um, which seems uh, like there are more uh, stop motion animated films uh, these days. You know, like uh, have you seen Pinocchio by Guillermo del Toro? No, I um, yeah, that's on Netflix, and also uh, Wendell and Wild uh a stop motion show um that's on netflix too so there's a lot more of that too which i i love it's sort of like toys come to life oh, as you okay. know i like toys <laughs> yeah i see but where's this collection you have a huge collection there yeah it's i think it's from all my years like in animation you know as you as you're working different films come out different characters come out um and you just love I don't know. I love the 3D tactile uh, experience of just holding. Uh, it's a similar, you know, it's associated with sculpture, I think, you know, like you want to see and I, uh, the sculptures come to life. And I really love uh, really posable um, characters so or, or toys so that I can pose them and, you know, yeah. look at them. And uh, I don't really use them for reference. It's more of my imagination and yeah. Something I liked as a kid that I just brought over. And, and it turns out that a lot of people in animation love toys, too. Really? Um, yeah. And and when I started working at Disney, I would notice people would have toys on their desks. And I was like, wow, they're like me, too. And I just found, 
my tribe and I found yeah. that I wasn't a weirdo for liking toys and not growing up. And I, I always tell my wife, like, I feel like a 12 year old kid in a man's body. I just feel like I, I was always sort of that age of that, where I liked drawing and building models and I never grew up. Well, that's, that's wonderful. I actually spoke to a, a commercial pilot who said that uh, he thinks we should never grow up. We, it's this child in us that makes us, you know, and drives us and makes us do certain things and, um, and accomplish things, you know, that, that mm. almost that naivety. So, yeah, wow. I think that's great that you have, uh, you know, that you, but it's probably not a, a, a very complicated buying you something for Christmas because they, <laughs> <laughs> well, I want specific things. And I, for me, yeah, I feel like Christmas isn't Christmas unless you get a toy. It doesn't exactly, have to be a big exactly. toy. just a little yeah. toy, um, which this past Christmas, I didn't really get a lot of toys. Oh, Usually okay. I get, so I was like, <laughs> A little uh, sad, but I was okay with it because I have too many toys now. Oh, okay. Like, I have nowhere to store them. So uh, I have to start going through and, and giving away my toys or selling well, them. Well, Jeff, you've just give me, given me a, a great idea. I want a toy this year for Christmas. Um, I'm going to put that on a wish list for me because if you can have toys, I can have toys as well. Why not? I mean, a, yeah. what is a toy? I mean, I mean it could be something that you could play with like it doesn't have to be a, a doll or something like that but yeah. if you really connect with it it's i don't know it's something in like that brings back childhood memories and exactly yeah no you're absolutely right but they, they sell a lot of ja in japanese uh, stores they sell a lot of small toys so it could be tiny that you put on your desk you know and buy your yeah computer. yeah i'm going to explore okay. that I, now i, I want to yeah, I definitely <laughs> want a toy for Christmas. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Yeah. Let's not grow up. I think, you know, being a kid, yeah, that, like you said, that naivete of like, yeah. you don't know everything and you shouldn't know everything because the world is so big and that sense of wonder of like, well, what's, what is happening over there? I want to explore that or what's, you know, I want to go to a different country and see what's going on. That idea of like, you know, I want to fill my brain with as much as I can. Um, I, I feel like you don't, you, I'm, you never learn, you can't learn everything. So you should, you should always be learning in this mode of like, I want to learn every day. I yeah. want to learn something new. And, you know, I think uh, I've, I've discovered, or, or, or this, this is my opinion that uh, artists have this ability to dream and to imagine and um, and this is something that's so important, really. And I, my wish is that more that schools will give more children opportunity to study art or to study some form of art, because I think this this way of imagining and this way of creativity also would benefit other subjects as well. You know, like like maths and sciences, and this, oh, yeah. yeah so. Um, yeah, it's very, it's, it's, it's wonderful that you do that and that you have that attitude and that you, you also, um, you know, it's proof that you are um, successful in what you do and telling stories is so important. Right. Yeah. Right. But now, Jeff, so what is, what is your wish now? Um, still, what, what would you like to accomplish? Oh, 
I started this little company with my wife and we're starting to create our own stories. Um, and outside of animation, it, it could be a book or it could be something else. It doesn't have to be animated. Um, so she's writing a book, uh, uh, an idea that we're working on together. Um, and um, I don't know, I if if somebody gave me lots of money sure i would love to create something i'd love to do you know working in animation so long it doesn't have to be animated i mean i'd love to do like giant sculptures or you know uh just something different and something or stop motion movie if anybody's watching this if you want to give me money to make a stop motion <laughs> movie or just i don't know it's just uh yeah. But, you know, working in Hollywood, it's hard to get you have to go in and you got to pitch and you got to sell things. And um, it's like betting on a on a horse race. Like so you have to uh, sell yourself as the best horse that's mm -hmm. going to run the fastest and the longest. Um, so and there's so many horses out there that are trying to uh, race against you. So. Um, I mean, I love all forms of entertainment and I. I don't know. I'd love to do them all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love, I've never been a director. Um, so I'd love to direct something to, you know, when you direct something, you kind of have your own voice and you get to um, tell Pete, not that I'm, 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 I have this need to tell people what to do, but it's more like, you know, you have uh, more, you're in charge of everybody. So you have more direction and more, yeah a vision you can like have people help shape your vision and so i mean i've worked in the industry so long that i know that it's not made by one person if you're a director it's not all you it's everybody you surround yourself with that you know the best people to lift you up and that, i think that's true and you know in everything you do you should surround yourself with the the nicest and the best people <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it you get so much inspiration from people uh, when there's this chemistry. And this I hear from musicians as well, you know, that they say it's the best to to make music with with people you like and, and with friends. Right. And I think this is this this is where a teamwork works so effectively is when when you have people who have the chemistry and the same sort of outlook on things so yeah yeah that sense of play like if you want if you want yeah. to like as if you were a kid like you go oh do you like do you like to play on those the uh swing set or do you do you like to do what i like to do yeah let's do that okay let's go play yeah and if you find like-minded people that you want to play with it'll just come out naturally and and mm -hmm. all this energy and creativity will just come out and that's what I found in animation of uh, working with specific people. You find that they're they're fun to be with, just not even while you're working. They're just fun to be around. So if you can find those people that are like minded and um, won't stab you in the back, but just yeah. be nice, just be nice and have fun with then then your project will be better for it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But Jeff, this was so interesting to talk to you. and. Uh... And uh, thank you so much for your time. Sure, and Petra, it was great talking yeah, to you. Or I'll really be, be hoping for a Christmas present, a toy. And <laughs> <laughs> just give me your address, I'll, I'll send you a toy. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, have a lovely day in Los Angeles today. You too. I mean, and, uh, have a good day. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs>